Good morning. I want to ask for you to stand with me now as we read God's Word together out of Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. I'll be reading out of the NRSV version. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain's. Through this, he received approval as righteous, God himself giving approval to his gifts. He died, but through his faith, he still speaks. I'm sure many of you can think about someone who has gone to be with God and their faith still speaks. That's powerful. By faith, Enoch was taken so that he did not experience death, and he was not found because God had taken him. For it was attested before he was taken away that he had pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, for whoever would approach him must believe that he exists, and he rewards those who seek him. Let us pray. God, may the meditations of our hearts today be pleasing to you. Help us to focus and give attention to your word this morning and to how you are speaking to each of us individually and collectively. It's in the strong name of Christ we do pray. Amen. You may be seated. We are living in an age of fear. Turn on CNN news, kind of gives you goosebumps. I prevent my children sometimes from watching the news, even the local news. We're fearful of things that are going on around the world, and especially since it has touched Orlando, we realize that it could be very close to us. But in my circles of influence, we talk about things that we might be afraid of. Especially as we're, I'm approaching this second half of my life. If you read my Friday email, you saw that my oldest son turned 16. So I have a new fear, driving. And if you're a parent of a 16-year-old or a grandparent of a 16-year-old, you know what I mean. Before he walks out the door, I'm like, don't use your cell phone. Don't run yellow lights, stop it, red lights, you know. And he's like, Mom, I know, I know, please be quiet. And I remember the first day he drove to Manuel to school, you know, he didn't want his picture made. Because I was like, please let me just take your picture. And he's like, no. So I take a picture of him driving away just so. 
But I was a little fearful too that I'd be out of the know now because I'm not carpooling, right? That's when I find out everything is when kids are in the car. So I have all these fears, you know, coming to my mind. And I wasn't the only one who was fearful of him driving. My youngest son, Max, said, nah, I'm not riding with him on the first day of school. <laughs> so now as Elliot has begun driving, Max is a little more confident that Elliot's going to get him safely where he needs to go. But as we grow in our lives and in our families and with our friends, fear creeps in, just creeps in. Sometimes when we least expect it. We might have a fear of losing possessions. Those who work for minimum wage know what it means, trust me folks, to have a fear of losing their house and their car and making ends meet. We might have a fear of losing people, not only in the face of death, but losing relationships. I feel as if my spouse is drifting away. I feel as if my child is drifting away. I've, I fear often I, I want my children to be in the church, right? And that fear creeps in every once in a while that they'll end up leaving for some reason the church, and I pray about that. We have this fear of physical pain. If, if you know someone who has been in chronic pain, you know or get a glimpse of how difficult that can be and how it takes faith and courage and trust to make it through every day. Teenagers and adults alike have this fear of not being in the in crowd, not being in the know, not being popular, not being known. Fear creeps in. You see, fear is to be afraid of something or someone, usually something bad. Fear, I believe, results in pride. It results in tension. It results in anxiety. It results in entitlement. And fear results in despair. Fear can overwhelm us and paralyze us, but church, I hope you hear some good news today that that fear can be transferred into faith, and your faith can be strengthened. That is the good news today of the gospel, is that Christ helps us move our fear to faith Richard Rohr has this beautiful definition of faith. It is patience in mystery. Isn't that beautiful? Patience in mystery. When we don't know what's going to be of tomorrow, when we don't know what's going to be five years from now, this gift of faith allows us to be patient. And faith results in love. It results in wisdom. It results in peace. You see, faith and fear both demand something we can't see. Faith and fear demand something we can't see, and we get to choose fear or faith. You see, faith is forward-looking. Many of you have heard about the passing of um, Ellie Wazell, Nobel Peace Prize winner, 
And I believe it was his faith, his strong belief that, what, that allowed him to make it through what we can't really imagine, right? Horrible, horrific conditions. I found this as I was reading about him yesterday. The noble citation said his belief, and I believe it was a strong one, his belief that the forces fighting evil in the world can be victorious is a hard-won belief. And church, we should possess this belief, this strong belief that as Christ followers, we have overcome death already, right? We know what's ahead. We know what to hope for. Faith is forward-looking. It's this confidence People tell me all the time, Tamara, you're so confident. And I want to say, yeah, it's, it's by faith and grace. I feel very inadequate, church, to be very vulnerable many of the times. But the confidence comes from knowing that God's on the other side of whatever situation I face. I wonder today, have you ever asked God, increase my faith. You see, we have all been given a measure of faith. Romans 12 tells us that. It's our responsibility to increase it, but I do believe God helps us. We're saved by grace through faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Faith is this confidence in things we cannot see. And so I want to camp out for just a moment in Hebrews chapter 11. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to open it up because I'm going to be referring to some verses. There are some pew Bibles. And I've made three observations through my studies the past couple weeks about faith. And I want to share those with you this morning. Primarily from this book of Hebrews, chapter 10, 11, and 12, if you will. You see, I believe Hebrews was written to give us the hope to live radically, to live being risk takers, because we know what's ahead. We have our hope in Jesus Christ. And so the first observation I want to share with you this morning, and the one I'll spend most of my time on today, is faith is more than just bare belief. We see in the book of James that faith without works, without movement, without action is what? Dead. And if we want to grow, if we as a church want to reach 5,000 people with the radical love of Jesus, church, it's going to take faith. It's going to take more than just bare belief. It takes radical obedience to move forward and to see change. Look at with, with me at some of these verses. Verse 3. Remember, faith works. It's action-oriented. It's like exercising our faith. Faith understands. You see, often a lack of understanding leads to fear. And that goes across the board with many things. But just let me just make that point. A lack of understanding often leads to fear. And we should be understanding if we have this faith 
this measure of faith in our lives, we're striving to understand. It means we're meditating on God's Word, as Scripture tells us from Genesis to Revelation. We're meditating, we're seeking, we're asking God, open my heart and my mind to understanding. Faith offers, oh, this is a good one, faith will lead you to great sacrifice. Faith will lead you to deny yourself. Faith will put you in a position where you will offer your full self with outstretched arms. Faith offers. Recently, I was having a conversation with a friend and her husband, more of acquaintance really, and she said, Tamara, we're at a point in our lives where we want to begin a family. That's awesome. And she said, but we feel like God is telling us to foster children who are in the foster care system. And we're very fearful. We're fearful we won't do a good job. We are fearful that we're going to get hurt and get too close and have to let them go. And see, this is where fear creeps in and it causes this pride and for us to be selfish, right? But as we sat and prayed and talked, just think, the time that they take children into their home, even though they may be hurting, they're allowing the hurt to go away for the children. Putting your hurt aside and accepting and embracing others. So they decide to start fostering children. They've had eight or nine in their home thus far. And not only are they accepting children from the foster care system, they have accepted, this is great sacrifice. It really is someone into their home, a 16-year-old who is pregnant, so that her child will not have to enter into the foster care system when she has the baby. Great, they're making great sacrifices as a family to make this happen. And that fear that they once felt has been transferred to faith. Faith offers, it leads to great sacrifice. Where in your life is God calling you to offer yourself? to offer a hand, offer encouragement, step into the unknown. Verse seven, love this one, faith builds. Do you know faith initiates great projects for the purposes of God to be lived out in the world? That's what faith does. That's why two years ago, as a congregation, you helped build a bilingual school in Honduras. That is why, just recently, we started the Buddy Break program. Faith builds things for the purposes of God. I will give a shout out to my colleague, Miriam George, because I know when she began this, there was a lot of fear, but she said, Tamara, only 10% of people who have children with special needs attend church. We gotta do something. Faith builds, it initiates. And I think of many people who have heard the call of God sitting in these pews and who have lived it out in their workplaces. There's a gentleman I know that works for FedEx. He's a lawyer at FedEx and he was at his church. He doesn't attend here. And he heard about the need for HIV AIDS caregiver packets at church one day. And so it just, it wouldn't leave him alone. What, what can I do? What can I, how can I help? Well, maybe FedEx will ship them for free. I mean, you know, let's just think about this for a minute. So he's fearful though. 
What if they tell me no? What if they laugh in my face? What if they say, yeah, that's not going to happen? But he transfers that fear to faith. He goes and asks. They immediately say, yeah, and we'll give you $5,000. And he raises three more thousand. Fear transferred to faith, building something for the purposes of God to be at work in the world. Faith builds. Verse 8, faith obeys. Faith will take you on ventures that you don't want to go on. It just will. It will move you into places that you're afraid, you're fearful because you don't know what to expect. You're fearful that you will fail. But it takes you on ventures. And with my my uh, contacts, I guess, in the global world, if you will, I hear stories such as this a lot. Physicians who are comfortable in their practice and then called to medical missions and recently had a conversation with a doctor. His colleague came to work one day and said, hey, I want you to go to South Sudan with me. I need you to pray about it and I'll get back with you in 24 hours. <laughs> Don't you love that? Okay, sure. Well, the gentleman told me, he said, tomorrow I was fearful that something was going to happen to me. I was fearful that I was going to catch a disease. But you know, I transferred that fear to faith and I went and now I have this understanding of God and his work in the world that I never would have had unless I had said yes and transferred my fear to faith. Faith, church, obeys. It steps out. It doesn't stay still. It is forward moving. Those of you in this congregation came up to me and said, I don't even know if I can, I don't know if I can tutor at the TLC. You stepped out on faith to make a difference in the life of a child. It's all around us and we have to continue moving forward, correct? We don't move forward and then stop. Faith is always moving. Faith longs, verse 16. Faith is a forward-looking grace anticipating what is yet to be. <sighs> My grandfather was in a tragic tractor accident and passed away. We were all devastated. And my grandmother, I remember for the five or six years she was alive after that, law, her faith longed, longed to be with him, longed to be with Jesus, longed for that heavenly home. And when you have this faith that it's at work inside us and we allow it to make us uncomfortable and move in us, it goes to action. Faith longs. Oh, and I love this one. I, you know I could do a whole sermon on this one. Verse 20, faith blesses. You see, faith is anticipating Look at verse 20, what God will do in the lives of children, what God will do in the lives of our young people in this church. It anticipates that blessing. It expects great things from our teenagers. It blesses them. Sean Dillon and Hallie Rodman and several of our youth collecting 1,200 backpacks. What it, would it mean for them for you to stop by and say a word of encouragement and bless them in this venture? Faith blesses. Grandparents, let me just say this. 
My grandparents had a profound effect on my life. Profound. Much of where much of my faith comes from, I have great parents. But the legacy grandparents you leave for your children is a life of faith, of trusting God, trusting that he always is with you. You don't know what's on the other side, but he's before you, he's behind you, he's beside you. Faith blesses what God will do in the lives of our children. I'm reminded here of a teenager who just graduated college. His name's Brian. Wants to sleep in on Saturdays, right? Wants to have a social life, right? Well, he's decided to bless children by coaching basketball for Special Olympics. His faith, he, was, he said, tomorrow, I don't know anything about basketball, but I'm going to try. And now he's made this huge difference in the lives of children. Faith blesses other people. And then we read on, oh gosh, Hebrews chapter 11 is wonderful. Faith administers justice. Faith allowed the crossing at the Red Sea. Faith, church, is more than just bare belief. Come on now. You want to do great things in your community? You want to embrace Louisville? You want to reach 5,000 people? It's going to require great faith. Second, faith pleases God. Verse 6, faith pleases God. Don't you love to please those you love? Just to make them happy? Isn't that your heart? That you just want to make God happy? You want to please God? We do that through faith. You see, faith produces a certain kind of people, I believe. If you look back at Hebrews chapter 10, about verse 32, you see that faith revolutionized a whole group of people. It revolutionized them because they were no longer hungry for things and possessions. They became generous people. And I believe generosity, church, that, that you can continue to grow in. You do it very well, blesses others, and it pleases God when we sacrifice our resources for the purposes of God. Third, faith enables you to run the race. You read these, about these great heroes of faith in chapter 11, that they please God. And then you come to, to chapter 12, and you see this important word. It's called, therefore. Okay, so we know about all this, right? What's it for? Therefore, we have these people that we look up to from the Old Testament to here and now. And because of their witness, we're able to run the race. We're able to throw off the sin and the stuff that gets us entangled and takes our eyes off Jesus. And we're able to run the race with perseverance, tenacity, endurance because of this faith that is at work in our lives. Faith enables us to run the race. You see, the more we know of God, I love this, the more conformed to his greatness will be your faith. That's why the study of God's word and prayer and intentional growth is so important because it does strengthen our faith. It helps us to understand the promises of God. Faith enables us to run the race. 
You see, church, uh, this is a challenge for many of us because many of you sitting in this pew, I think, probably grew up in the church. So let me just try this example here. My Max, my youngest, had the flu this past season. It was really bad. I know some of you had it. It's powerful, right? The flu is powerful. Okay, I was a bad mom, didn't get him a flu shot. I know, I will this year, I promise. So, but that little, that little flu shot gives you just enough of the flu, right, to kind of inoculate you from the full potency and the power of the flu. Doesn't always work, but that's the intention. And sometimes that's the way it is with our faith. We just have just a little enough, and we, we think this is all we really need, that we don't ever understand the full power of faith, of trusting and being confident. I want to close with um, this illustration today. Who knows what this is? Kettlebell. Who's used this? Just raise your hand if you've... Who's ever done just one workout and the only equipment you had was this kettlebell? Did you hate your life afterwards? Because I did. <laughs> you can Google these workouts, right? A whole workout just using this one piece of equipment. Now, there's this term today, popular, I believe, in the fitness world, and I've heard it a little bit, called functional fitness, meaning that you don't really need all of this, you know, fancy stuff in the gym to remain healthy, to get a good workout, to lose weight. And so some people would say, this is all you need. But this isn't going to do you any good if you don't know how to use it. It's not going to give you the best workout and give you what you need if you don't know how to use it. And that's what happens in faith sometimes. We feel like we have to have all this knowledge, all this understanding. I want you to know today that if you'll just take one Bible verse, one, and apply it to your life every single day, your faith will increase. It's that simple. We make it hard sometimes, but as a teenager, the verse I claimed was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And from 16 years old, now that I'm in my 40s, I still claim that verse. Trust in what? The Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will make your path straight. Oh, can I tell you the times where I've had to say, okay, God, not my understanding. I've got to lean into yours because I don't really know what's going on now. God, I'm fearful, but I'm going to trust. And many of you know, I've shared some of this, when David went on sabbatical, there was all of this fear that welled up inside of me. You want me to preach for four months? I mean, I didn't preach every week, but come on. Four, really? The only way I was able to make it through that time is because of my faith in God. It's our faith. Church, faith functions and it works when you trust, when you love, and when you follow, trusting, loving, and following, trusting God in the everyday stresses of life because 
We know we all have them, right? Loving God in the midst of great trials. Following God when it costs us something really great. You want your faith to increase, it's going to cost you something. I'm just saying. There's no easy answer here. You want to grow in your faith, it's going to cost you something. And let me say, church, we don't judge each other's faith, right? We've all been given a measure of faith. But faith is a journey. It's a process. We encourage one another. We spur each other on. We meet people where they are on their journey of faith. That's what this church is all about. We meet them right there, but we don't want them to stay there. We want them to grow. Just because you come and hear David's best sermon one time doesn't mean your faith is going to be great. Just because you go on a mission trip doesn't mean your faith is all of a sudden going to be great. Just because you decide to lead a small group doesn't make your faith great. What grows your faith? What makes your faith great? Trusting, loving, and following. Trusting, loving, following. How you see God today, my prayer for you is not how you're going to see God five years from now. Don't become complacent. Don't become stagnant. Allow whatever fears that you have to transfer those into faith in God. Faith is a process, a journey. It's a winding road. If you've been on this journey of faith, you, you can hear my heart now and say that faith, my faith journey has had these really holy moments. I mean, really holy moments where I've felt the presence of God overwhelm me that it's caused me to fall to my knees. But my faith journey has also had horrible moments where I felt like God's abandoned me And in the same sense, I have fallen to my knees. It's a journey. There's twists and there's turns. There's ups and there's downs. There's laughter and there's heartache. But if you'll just take the hand of God and let him lead you, trusting, loving And following, your fear will lose its power in the face of faith. And your faith, church, will be strengthened. And God will receive all of the glory. Amen.